Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. Welcome to episode 20 and this is a run on off of episode 19 with Marin from Indie Birth. So go and have a listen to that and you'll hear Marin's seven birth journeys which are very empowering. So before you listen to this there is a trigger warning for miscarriage. So if you're currently pregnant or planning to this may not be the right episode to listen to right now. So please come back at a more appropriate time. Anyone facing miscarriage or have been through, this is a story that is speaking the truth of her birth as a woman with with and through her own childbirth experiences. So please keep an open heart in a space that not to judge, but to listen and connect with all our experiences birth. Marin here shares her heartfelt experience of the birth of Sable Sage. Here Marin found out at 16 weeks that Sable's heart had stopped. Her story goes through the process, the emotions and the support around her. A unique and beautiful journey honouring life and death. Please listen with light and love. So did you want to sort of talk about your recent birth? Um, well, that was last year, I suppose, wasn't it, with your miscarriage? Yeah, um, I don't mind talking about it. I think um, it's great to hear really happy stories of birth, but it's important too that, you know, loss is really common. Yeah, yeah. And when people want to share it, I think it's great. Um So I got pregnant about the same time after, you know, every baby, it's been about the same about a year after and right away, something was different about this pregnancy. Um, I didn't feel good and I normally feel great when I'm pregnant, which is probably why I've done it so much. Uh, so, you know, I thought, well, maybe it's just, I'm getting older. I don't really know. And there was lots of darkness around the pregnancy, you know, and I hope that doesn't freak anyone out. But in a way, I think it's reassuring that um, I do think women have a sense when something isn't quite right. And so that was um, something I personally took away. So it just was a very strange pregnancy for as long as it lasted. Um, It was, I was sort of depressed, which isn't usual for me. Life just seemed hard. I felt sick and miserable. And I remember thinking that I just didn't really know if I could actually be pregnant for nine months. Um, I had had several dreams of the baby dying and that was very disturbing. And they weren't the kind of dreams that, um, you know, you have sometimes upsetting dreams, but you recover, you know, but, but the ones I were, I was having were very intense and they felt real. And I would wake up sobbing and this happened a couple of times. So I, I mean, I did think something of it, but what is one to do? You know, like you have to go on with life. And, um, I tried talking to this baby and I really felt like I was doing the best I could. So around 14 weeks, um, I still hadn't felt any movement, but I had heard a heartbeat and I started spotting, at 14 weeks. And I thought, well, that's, that's strange. And immediately my heart sank. And I thought, 
this baby's dead. And I got out my Doppler, which of course is reserved for special occasions such as this, but I was happy to have it. And I heard a heartbeat and I felt horrible. And I thought, oh my gosh, baby, I'm so sorry. You're fine. I'm the crazy one. Um, so my midwife, the same midwife friend who <laughs> I had talked to way back on Egan's birth and had attended Belgium's birth, the one who's a good friend came from a couple hours away and, uh, you know, she's like, well, you know, I mean, who knows why you're spotting, but the baby seems fine. And she listened with her Doppler and she's like, the baby's healthy and fine. But it was still so strange. And she even said to me later, you know, you were so strange with that pregnancy. And I'm like, yeah, of course I was. It was just, it was strange. Um, so in hindsight, I think the baby probably died that day. Um, but I didn't discover it for sure for another week and a half. And, and that's something that still sort of haunts me in a way, like, you know, you can know on one level, but then there, there's definitely a part of you that avoids knowing. Um, so it was over Thanksgiving here in the U S and I started spotting again and it was about 16 weeks. So I thought, Oh, I'll just listen for fun. And I had it completely backwards. You know, I thought, Oh, the baby's fine. I'll just see what's up. And there was no heartbeat. And, and I've listened to enough um, babies and, and unfortunately women with miscarriages as well, that I knew the sound, I knew the sound of emptiness and that's what was there. Uh, and on one hand I have to say, you know, and this is being completely honest, it was, it was a relief in a lot of ways. Um, it was also incredibly sad and tragic. And I remember calling Margo and, you know, I don't think I told her first. I think I went into my husband and said, well, the baby's not there anymore. And he's like, what? So I called Margo and she was away and she's like, are you sure? Like I'll come over. And I was happy to have her here for a long part of this process, but I knew, and there was nothing anybody could say to tell me otherwise I knew. And of course I did go on to listen many other times hoping that I was wrong, but I was not wrong. Um, so that's sort of the initial part of the story. And then the other part is that the baby decided to stay in there for four months and probably would have been longer. Um, my suspicion is he probably was going to wait for his due date. I think my body is like a pretty responsible party in pregnancy. And um, I think that was part of it. But on the flip side, I tried everything known to womankind, um, natural herbs, acupuncture, homeopathy, um, everything you could research and find, I tried in the period of that four months to get this baby to be born. And I had my first conference we put on. Um, I went through all kinds of other, I attended births. I mean, it was sort of crazy on one hand, but this was my life. I wasn't going to go into the hospital and, and, you know, have surgery or anything crazy. So I just waited and I waited and every day I waited and it was, um, again, a very hard time, but a very revealing spiritual time as well, um, where I had plenty of time to make peace with his death. And, you know, that's not the choice for everyone, but when women ask me now, and I do have lots of women in similar situations because this does happen a lot. Um, the first inclination I think for most of us is this baby needs to come out. It's sort of this disgust that we have with death. But I was grateful that I didn't um, give in to that because it became 
a relationship, really the only one that I had with this baby. And I was very grateful for that. So although he wasn't alive, it was every day that passed, wondering what my body would do, um, trusting my body above everything else. And, you know, I knew the risks, even though there aren't so many on paper, I knew the alleged risks. And I had uh, many wonderful friends and elder midwives and elder midwives were the best because they have seen more of this than uh, we do now. You know, most women just go off for a DNC and that's the end of it. So I really relied on the elder midwives that I had in my circle and every day, you know, basically would check in and I was fine. In fact, I felt fabulous. I felt great. I felt better than I had in the pregnancy. And so I just waited. And every day I got up and I said, how am I? And am I going to keep doing this today? And I would answer for that day. And that was as far ahead as I could do. So I don't remember exactly what led me to set a date. Um, So this happened in November. And by March, I was done. Um, I remember my husband saying something like, there is life beyond this, you know. And he didn't mean it in an obnoxious way. He meant it in a loving way. But it really hit me. And I thought, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. I've released, I've cried, I've screamed, I've laughed. Um, And now our family, I think our family is ready to go on and I'm ready to go on. So I, Margo was away actually training at a birth center. Um, And so I used her return as sort of my uh, anticipated date of when this baby would come out. I didn't want to do it without her. Um, I, you know, was happy to have my unassisted births of my, of my healthy babies. And maybe it seems funny that I didn't want to do it this way with this one, but I definitely wanted Margot and Diane, who's my elder midwife friend there. Um, I was scared of maybe bleeding too much or just frankly, the unknown. I have never attended, um, a late miscarriage like this. So I set the date for, I want to say March 8th, um, lo and behold, I think Margot ended up getting home a day early or, or somehow it worked out that it actually was the 6th of March and I was ready and I was actually really looking forward to this. I couldn't wait till this was done. Uh, so my friend Diane came up from Phoenix and she was an amazing support. Um, we tried something we hadn't tried yet, which was seaweed internally I would have done anything really except go to the hospital. So um, she did some internal seaweed. And I remember just blessing her hands before she did it. Um, I love her. And it was, you know, this was the best case scenario. This was um, the most loving way to facilitate this birth. So she did the seaweed. And I had gotten a hold of some um, site attack or I don't know how you guys know it, miso prostol or miso there uh, in Australia. Uh, what, what's it? So how, how, how does it work? Yeah, it's used for induction of normal ba- normal full term babies. It's very dangerous in that regard, ah, okay. um, but it it is used for miscarriage and abortion. So uh, tablet form, isn't it? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I'm with you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, normally if you go to a doctor and you know if you're in this situation, then they might just send you home with the miso and, you know, you, you insert it and let it do its thing. So, you know, this was my last option. This was it. I didn't have another thing that I thought, um, was available to me at home, which I think is pretty accurate. 
And so I was really praying that this um, medicine, and I mean that in a in a spiritual sense, actually, this was this was medicine. This was the medicine of my choosing, and I think the full dose is like four tablets. Um, I'm a really small person, and I knew my body. I knew my body was going to react to the slightest bit, so I used only half of one tablet, and that was at like 4 p.m. Um, by six or seven, I was contracting, and and by ten o'clock, um, the baby was born, and it was actually um, a really easy birth. Uh, it wasn't nearly as painful as I thought it would be. Um, it was beautiful, and the baby and the sack all just came out together. And it's sort of, it's something I almost like. I need to look at my own picture sometimes to believe that this happened. It's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but I had my, my women support there and we cried and we laughed and, um, you know, Jason, my husband was there. He wasn't super involved. I think he was, um, just in the place that he needed to be, but it was quite an experience. Uh, you know, we hung around for hours afterwards and, and cried and talked and took photos and, um, you know, then it was kind of like, a normal postpartum for the most part. Uh, but it was actually an amazing experience. And, and I've said with all of them, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't, I don't regret it. And I mean the same about Sable, which was, was his name. Uh, it was just an incredibly, um, heal. It, it was healing on some level. I can't even explain that, but, um, you know, there, you know, there's something about, yeah, accepting death and um, surrendering that is, you know, that we really do do in live births. We just kind of like don't realize it, (laughs) you know? So uh, it was a beautiful birth and it was perfect and I didn't bleed at all and my body recovered wonderfully. And um, yeah, it was kind of a crazy story, but you know, it happens. And did, did the name come to you somehow? Yeah, that was another strange part of the pregnancy. I didn't really connect with him much at all. Um, other than I kept asking for a name and he gave it to me and I had no idea what it meant. And I wrote it in my journal and then I looked it up uh, and he told me Sable Sage. And I looked up Sable and, and I didn't look it up until, no, I did actually. I looked it up before he had died. Um, I looked it up and it, it said black darkness And of course, Sage is teacher. Um, And I remember being sort of upset and like laughing too and and saying to him out loud, like, that is a really strange name. And you're a baby. And maybe you could think about that, Um, you know. So uh, it wound up being exactly what he was and and truly was a teacher. And um, yeah, sort of those amazing things that we just can't believe happen. Mm, Wow. Um, I just sort of listening to your story and I just absolutely appreciate that you shared that. I went through so much of a similar experience with a miscarriage that I had before my daughter was born and that feeling, I just really resonated when you said about that feeling because I knew that whole pregnancy that something wasn't right and I even said to my partner, something's not right and... Yeah, it's it's just that – and I think that's why we probably need to talk about it more because during that journey for me too, there was that sort of fascination with the process of death and yeah. I, I learned a lot about life and death um, and that, that cycle, which is such a great lesson for me 
and yeah, going through the emotions and then feeling in a system what you're probably told to feel or think and um, yeah, really similar situation too because I had a name that came to me and the relief, I felt that as well and I felt relieved too that I listened to my body and allowed it to do what it had to do um, and make that connection to spirit as well because I knew yeah. that was something so strong. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you too. It's, um, yeah, again, it's really important to tell those stories. And, you know, I hear more of them now, of course, than I had before. Yeah. And, um, you know, even as a midwife, I wasn't really taught to support women through miscarriage. I think that's another common thread, like with newer midwives. Um, even by law, sometimes we're not prohibited or they're not prohibited to support a woman with a stillbirth or miscarriage. So there's this, you know, this whole other fear and and veil around this um, very normal part of life. So, you know, it's the universe always giving us the lessons we need. And, and, and for me to feel more comfortable, you know, in that in that role, I think is, is good. We need more people that are, are comfortable supporting women um when they lose babies yeah and thank goodness for those elder midwives and i had the same oh my gosh so lucky i had a midwife that has seen it all and i just spoke to her throughout it and i had just the utmost support um because i know if i was in a different system it would have been a different scenario and i wouldn't have probably gained that lesson that i needed to learn so thank goodness for those beautiful women (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i think of all the you know, unnecessary trauma that most women go through with loss, um, you know, as far as maybe never seeing their babies or, or, you know, these, these medical processes that they're told they need that they don't question because they're scared and they're grieving. Um, and then the trauma really sets in, like, whereas I feel, I I don't feel traumatized. Like we had a beautiful ceremony for him and, and yeah, I don't feel, I don't feel unfinished, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like the process has happened and I acknowledged it and I honoured it. exactly. I felt like it was just an agreement with the universe that that had to happen. Um, So, yeah, and there's there's no connection to it. I I got that connection to life and death in that circle and and I, I became really interested in that process and I felt for people dying that need that to sure to, yeah so it's it's really interesting um and like you said before it's birth birth life death life it's it's all connected so um, yeah yeah and for children too you know i mean some people might find that you know distasteful i guess that children would be exposed to such a situation but um i felt like it was one of the best lessons that they could receive you know in a way for death to be more normal Um, and to experience this alongside of me. And, you know, children are children. They kind of are in the moment more than we are. So even the things my children would say, like I would laugh about, um, I would, I could find humor in the situation almost at times because they are who they are. And, and, and on some level to them, it wasn't a big deal. Like some babies come, some babies don't. And that's even what my two-year-old, you know, she'll still say, Oh, that baby died. Yep. It's just like, yep, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's very healing. I mean, out of the mouth, mouths of babes, you know, with the wisdom that they have. So, yeah. um, yeah. 
And that was the end of the recording. So if you head over to the show notes, you can get some more information there. Thank you. Did you connect with this episode? Then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom and birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower. We empower.